Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh, oh the, the Horror. Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. <laughs> You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can also check out our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Connect to your um, favorite listening platform, podcast platform. Uh, you can connect to our social media presence, or you can listen to the podcast right there. Yeah, They're just can. laid out, yeah. all nice and pretty. Biggity-bam. With our branding, yep. our artwork, thanks to Mr... Uh, I don't even know what he's calling himself nowadays. Yeah. Sean, Chad, he's he's working out again, and he's oh, oh, cool. he's in fantastic shape. He looks like a million dollars. Hasn't drank in a year. Good on you. Yeah, so that's a good start. So if you're listening, brother, I've been keeping track of you on social. I hope you're seeing it. But all the love to you. This club soda and lime is for you. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta tell you. And again, ya. it's one of the things we get very, like, we get a lot of comments on with the podcast. They like the artwork. Yeah. And yeah, yeah that's, that's main man Chad. I miss the Viking death metal. Mm-hmm. Like, I miss it a lot. Yeah, it was a good run. You know, nice. when we do a more laid back intro, intro, you know what happens in my mind what? immediately? I'm like, what if someone's listening to this to the first time and they think that's, that's what we every are? every time. <laughs> You know, because we do that like once yeah. every 20 times, yeah. you know, and they're just yeah. like, oh, these guys aren't exciting. Skip. Yeah, you right. Know? And I'm like, wait, wait, no. Did you not Did you not see Viking Death we, Metal? We do. Uh, Check we, it out, man. Yeah, no, that's that's what my uh, psychotic uh, self-conscious mind thinks about. It's a legitimate point. Yeah, because you have, well, that Malcolm Gladwell book, uh, Blink, mm -hmm. really kind of turned me on to that whole thing. And the, if you haven't read the book, it's a, the synopsis of it is, is you have these little microseconds right. that reveal a ton of information that you're completely unaware of. Right. That could determine your path anywhere in life, mm -hmm. you know, and you read it at first and you get kind of overwhelmed because you're like, oh my God, yeah, everything is these little microseconds yeah. of things, you know, or, you know, so like that intro is like an example of that mm -hmm. where... I look and it's like, yeah, it's our vibe right now. That's how we're feeling. Yep. You know, we're not going to sell out and just come up with some fake thing. No, I, you know. I, I just, I didn't have it this week. <clears throat> and after last week, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a little amped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it's just different yeah. sometimes. But then I yeah. think about, like, I think about that from that book. You know, it's like, yeah, someone might just be on there and be like, boring. But, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I kind of want to. Mute the tone a little because, I mean, it's not like we're talking about something super fun. Well, generally we don't. No, we really you don't. Know, yeah. It's a dark podcast. It really is. You know, the whole Except horror for thing. July. The whole horror thing. <laughs> yeah. Even July wasn't, you know. Well, we had Bobby Mackey's Music World. That was good. Yeah. I had fun Come doing for the that. ghosts and stay for the music. Stay for the, mu stay for the tunes, man. <laughs> Stay for the tunes. Some Viking death metal. Yeah, but then shortly after that, we talked about Sid and Nancy and yeah, musicians dying in car and uh, plane crashes. Plane crashes. Yep. Yeah, we did that. I was gonna say musicians dying in car planes. Oh, 
cool. Yeah. So All that's right. just going to lead on to where my head space is scattered. <laughs> I didn't get a whole lot of sleep over the weekend, but it wasn't for bad things. I had a lovely weekend. Mm-hmm. I got to see some old friends and we got to have a, uh, a good time. And uh, it was nice just to kind of reset with the group. It was. I uh, had a very disappointed creative director. I know. Creative director doesn't like those mm-hmm. uh, ventures mm-hmm. all he that He has much. ideas and thoughts. Yeah. And he likes to vocalize them. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he wears his heart on his paw. He does. Yeah. He's uh, And he, he headbutts you with it. Douche. Yeah. Yeah. And this is stupid. His head weighs like 18 pounds. Yeah. 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 Well, here he is laying down on the floor in the studio here at peace. Directing as he does. Yes, yes. Well, the directing's done. It's up to us now. Yes. He's on break. You know. I've done all I can do here. Yeah. The rest is up to you. I'm bushed. So you guys are going to have to take this one home again. I got it started. I got you rolling. Did the best I could. Yep. The rest is on you. Do you think coming up with these topics is easy? It is not. No. I assure you. Yeah, I have a process. He does have a process. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are, season three. Yes. Episode 137. Yes. We're doing prison riots, specifically the Yuma prison riot. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, this is another uh, cluster of fucks that we're opening up here. Well, yeah, (laughs) because... You know, this is a whole different thing. I mean, obviously, this isn't going to be the only one we'll do. There's no. plenty of them. Yeah. And they're all for different reasons, yeah. too, which we'll yeah. likely some talk about. some are brutal, we'll and some are really just like... Well, no, but it's also different reasons for why they even start. Yeah. It's not like yeah. one specific thing, yeah, no. like conditions or this or that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll lightly get into that, but what do you got for sources? <sighs> oh, boy. azcentral.com. Yeah. Corrections1.com, APNews.com, and PressReader.com. I got like half your stuff. Of course you do. Yeah. And then um, I read this. Thing. You can't read. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> support prisoner resistance.noblogs.org. <laughs> Sometimes I just see a website. And I just have to check it out. Somebody paid for that. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, right now we're paying for it because um, I, I, I read it. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into that because it's, uh, it's a little interesting in the kind of story timeline. Here. Okay. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It's uh in other news, I started decorating for Halloween, folks. Yeah, I thought we'd talk about that just before we kicked off. You know, this is uh gonna come out uh let's see, August seventh. Mm-hmm. So that's the um early part of August. Mm-hmm. August seventh. Weird first week. Weird. Weird that August seventh would week be in of, the early part of August. First week of August. Yeah. Man. I love your face. What do you do with all these brains? <laughs> what do you do with them? How do you handle all this just talent and just smarts and wit? I fucking love the shit out of it, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't say at least I'm pretty. Fuck! <laughs> so, yeah. No. 
Dean's got all the pretty. Once August rolls over, it's Halloween time here. I mean... We're talking about it. We're already making plans. We're getting into the whole thing. I mean, we talk about it all year, but now it's like boots on the ground, you know? So we have Halloween stuff already up all year, Yeah, but it's the real Halloween stuff, you know? If Uh, I'm being honest, I actually started in July, like... I mm-hmm. was burning my witch's brew. Well, no, we were talking yep. about that. Like, it seems to be annually yep. after the 4th, 4th of, of July, July, you get the gears I do. going. I do. Yeah. The posts come out. Yep. The, you know, you're heavy and the yes. scents start coming around. But August, it's it's yeah. fall smelling in the house. Yes. Which it is, is a little fucked up because, like, yesterday, <laughs> 90 degrees. I went golfing. You walk in and it smells like pumpkins and cider. <laughs> I went golfing in the morning and the humidity because the sun was baking off all that rain that was done yesterday. So it was like 82 degrees, but with the humidity, it was like 98, mm-hmm. 97, which I know, I know people in Virginia and Maryland and all through there and, you know, They're playing East their Coast. violins. Yeah, for you, they're Frank. like, oh, Frank, Aww. you know. Really? Yeah. Did you have humidity? Yeah, and they're oh. and they're like, I'm done listening to this show because this guy's a wimp, you know. But then, uh, Pussy. yeah, went to the uh, the Whitney Saratoga Raceway, yep. which if uh, those I picked zero winners, I I didn't do bad. I did good pretty for good, you. and yep. I took some good pictures. Maybe I'll have to check them out. They look good in the viewfinder, but uh, yeah. That was a, a good time. For those that aren't aware of Saratoga Raceway, it's a horse track, and you can do your, your betting and whatnot. Word on the street is it's a uh, shorter track. But the Whitney uh, Day, it's the second like biggest deal for horse racing like in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a big, big deal, because Whitney was a big deal yeah. at the track, yep. and you know, yep. it has a long-tested line of snobbery and all that stuff. But it's a nice day, because people dress up, yep. they're out on the track. You got beautiful horses mm-hmm. and they're racing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's just a good time with friends, but it's very crowded. Yeah. Very, very crowded. I remember talking with somebody and it was their first time at the track. And I was like, you do realize you that the worst time to come <laughs> out of the month and a half that this is going yeah. like month and a half to two months. There's two days you shouldn't have came. And this is one of Travers them. is one of them. And yeah. this one right here. Yeah. I was like, you know, the rest of the time it's half, half of this, yeah. you know. She was like, well, this is nice. And I was like, well, good, because okay. you're stuck here with the yeah. rest of us, you know. But, yeah, they had the bands all playing and, you know, doing all the. Uh, Dean and I, we rocked Disney hard. Did a trio yesterday, yeah, right? Yeah, we did. What did you start off with? Lilo and Stitch. I was really hoping he would dig it. He did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I can't watch classic Disney with him because it's too scary. The villains are too scary. Yeah. So I have to watch like Disney Light. Mm-hmm. So Frozen is a favorite because yeah. there's really nothing mm-hmm. in it that's scary. And like the mm-hmm. one scary thing that is that's in it isn't really that scary. Yeah. Yeah. And then we did Up, and he was kind of okay with Up, but he didn't like the the mean dogs in Up. <laughs> so there was a lot of barking in the movie. And barking in response, mm-hmm. he clearly understood what they were saying. I did not because, yeah. you know, I didn't have the collar well, on I, Dean that that I think that just shows <laughs> how accurate the audio was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he did enjoy Wally. Well, how can you not like Wally? <sighs> I love that movie. I mean, that 
I love it so much. You're such a genius to that movie because you have these two robots that really don't talk. No. You know, I mean, but like you, you think about it. you see so much, like so much is conveyed. And yeah. it really hit me yesterday watching it for, I don't know, a, a lot. lot of times. A lot of times, yeah. The emotion that they convey yeah. in Wally's eyes. Yeah. And his gestures and even some of the squeaks and sounds that he makes. And then I noticed the same in Eve. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, they they really are conveying a lot no, with these, a, these two robots that, I mean. That's a lot of thought. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. You know, it was. I, and it's one of those movies that. Like you could say, yeah, no, it's about these two robots. Like but you if, could, you could describe it that way, or you could get like really deep in the weeds of the story about right, the two yeah. robots. You know, I just to me the best part of that whole movie is the end when it's just the wasteless humans up in space waiting to come back to fix the planet, and it's like we're going to grow vegetable plants and pizza plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say he became his calm, relaxed, regular self when I put on Bewitched after yeah. the Disney run. Bewitched then he is... was like, "Okay, yeah, well, that's this normal. I can do. It's normal because yeah. you're going yep. you're going through those seasons." But There's that's only... a good show. Yeah, I sadly, forgot. they only do the first three seasons. Yeah. I forgot how good that show was. It's so good because I just like casually watched it as a kid. But Aunt Clara. Yeah. She's a hot mess, boy. Yes, and I love wow. it so much. Yeah. I love everything about it. You and, uh, 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 <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> Do you, you know already when you're putting the episode on and Aunt Clara's in, you know shit's going to get fucked up. Oh. Yes. And that yes. poor guy is just caught <laughs> in the center of a of fucking of Category yeah. 7 hurricane yep. of witchdom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. all he wants is no witchcraft. And that's all he gets. Dude, you married a witch. What yeah, did you I know. Think that's, was gonna happen? that's all he gets. It's <laughs> yeah, like, you know, yeah. you, you see the mom and the, you know, oh. you see the mom and the aunt. And Dora is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Darwin. Darwin. <laughs> she refuses to call him Darren. Never calls him David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, prison riots. <sighs> Yeah. So what's your thoughts on prisons as we start with this? Let's throw all our biases out here. Okay. Um, I know they serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with the people in prison who are there mm -hmm. because they have committed usually major crime. Okay. Uh, essentially being treated to, you know, the HBO, they've got access oh, yeah. to all kinds. Oh, they, they, it's of, like a, a, a resort for, you yeah, know, when I mean, you when you consider all of that. I don't want to like, stay at that resort. But. I don't think, I don't think you've earned that privilege. Yeah. Like, I think you should have ABC, NBC, CBS, Mm -hmm. With the rabbit ears, like we had as kids, <laughs> where one of them has to stand and hold it yeah. so that you can watch what's on TV. There should be a little bit of a struggle because maybe, 
maybe there might be some introspection. See, but I think here's my whole deal on prisons. Okay. Lay it on me, Thunder. You know, and as we get into this with the prison riot, this is like many other prison riots where it's it's because of a reason with mm-hmm. the prison. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of times it's notable. Mm-hmm. Other times not so much. I think the problem I have with prisons is I don't like the resort style thing. Right. I'm with you there. Yeah. I really don't. But I don't think that needs to be taken out either. I think that's something you need a to privilege you aspire earn. to yeah. and, and get to. Yes. So the whole rehabilitation of the prisoner, I'm in league with. But I think there needs to be a common understanding that someone who's going into prison is a really kind of broken case. Generally. And generally, and like anything else, you're going to have the people that were falsely accused and they're in there. And that's terrible. Yeah. I'm not going to whitewash over that. That's terrible. But you know what? That's not the prison's fault. No. That's the legal system's fault. Yes. And the thing is, is nothing's perfect. No. And the legal system has these cracks that you're always going to have. Sometimes evidence is just going to look your way. Right. You know, unfortunately. Yep. And you're going to have people that are on the jury or the judge that's going to make the decision. And they're going to say, with everything I see here, I'm sorry, but, you know, you should have made plans that night. And went somewhere right. instead yeah. of staying home playing with your, you know, human skin collection that makes you look really suspect. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's not that bad sometimes. I mean, you know, that's where like my paranoia comes in sometimes where I sit there and like if I'm by myself, like completely by myself, I'm like, all right, would this work as an alibi? You know. Start texting. People. Yeah, no. So like, I'll, I'll you know, I'll call <laughs> that mom. Way, that way they'll know. have the GPS. Yeah, location. I'll call mom. Yeah. I'll call yeah. dad or something like that. You know, I there's that kind of paranoia because I tell I told your brother all the time. I tell your family like, yeah. if I come home and you're murdered in the house, or you just find me dead, no, period. just bloody. Yeah, you know, and it looks like foul play. Something terrible happened. And I have no alibi at all. Like, I was just walking in the woods, left my phone at home, you know, and I was just going out to find God somewhere out Mm -hmm. in the woods. I'd be really compelled to just shut the door, say a prayer, and take off and say, you know what? I have 90 days or the best I can do. Yeah. You know, because I already know where I'm going. Yeah. You know, they're coming for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think now maybe I can depend on DNA a little bit. <laughs> but but the fact is, is, yeah, that happens, you know, and I think people just have to just come to grips with that. It's part of the life sucks shit, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I really think. But my problem with prisons is they walk in and they've got the whole enchilada right there for rehabilitation. And I'm not saying not rehabilitate crooks mm-hmm. or people in prisons. I, I like the idea of that. But I think it really is something they need to work up to. Yeah. Put them in the hole in the ground first. Yeah. And if they can play ball in the hole in the ground, because mm-hmm. I think that's also how you think you're going to help prisoners, because I think you can hand all of the benefits of help to someone. But if they don't want your help, right. it's a waste of money. It's they a waste all of time. Say the hold or solitary mm-hmm. is is dreadful. Mm-hmm. And they're like a week is yeah well that's how attica started yeah that was in the mid 70s this yuma was in the 80s no, um 2018 no see you got a recent one 
1980 is when the original Yuma prison in Arizona, that's when, that's when that happened. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah. Let me look. There was one in 2006. It wasn't Yuma, but it was Arizona. But the, uh, oh yeah, you know what? I might've, I might've fucked that up. But, um, yeah, cause I got a whole bunch of, uh, different things with it, but yeah, the, yeah, 2018 was the Yuma, mm-hmm. but there was another one in, in uh, uh, 20 or uh, 1980, and I think it was like Santa Fe, New Mexico or something like yeah. that. And that's what people have to understand is these riots have happened over and over again. Oh, yeah. And this is kind of the point. So in the 70s, just kind of brief history of prison riots that are famous in the States. In the 70s, you had Attica. And the reason Attica launched off was because Attica had everybody in solitary. Yeah. Nobody was around. And they were saying that was the problem. Mm-hmm. So now in 1980, you get the Santa Fe one. And the Santa Fe one went off because everybody was squashed together. Yeah. Um, people that just got in versus the real hardened yeah. like criminals, they didn't they didn't they separate. Were capacity. So that was the one yep. in 1980. And now Yuma was like this whole different set of situations altogether. Right. Um, but they but all complained it, about harsh conditions and all that other it stuff. It was half the prison population, over half, oh, yeah. participated in in this prison riot. Yeah. Which no, is it's, saying something. No, it's, it's it's a lot of people. And you can see the videos on yeah. YouTube. You yeah. know, you just type Yuma prison riot and you'll you'll see it there on there. There were so many. And, and I was like, I am not watching these. Yeah, no. And it's a terrible situation. But yeah, my my whole situation is, is have the whole, mm-hmm. you know, and just the terrible conditions. You Spend know, some time with yourself. Have the really hole, think about yeah, your decisions. Have the hole in the ground. No, and that's how you get in, and that's how you maneuver around. But then if you show that you can move up through the system, then you get the privileges. All the way up to, and I hate to say it because it just makes my skin crawl, getting a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, to where you could get a degree in there. I'm on the fence on that. Yeah. I really am. I'm, I'm really on the fence on that. Number one if there's someone in there for life, they shouldn't get any of those perks. No. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. You, know, you lost I, all your privileges. What is your what is your um accounting degree gonna do with a lifetime sentence in prison? You know. Here's a thought. Why don't you just read the classics? You know. <laughs> You're there for an extended period. Yeah, no, and you could make yourself very educated with yeah. that. But but the fact is, is yeah, if you're a life without parole and all that stuff, yeah, I it's very minimal, I think, the stuff you yeah. should get. Now, do I have an in-depth knowledge on this? I should have had some of my friends that were guards and in the prison system and all through there. It could tell me maybe where I'm wrong on all this stuff. So I really got to kind of put that out as a disclaimer that I'm not very well-read on the yeah. prison system. But I do have a hard time. Like, we were just watching the Jody um, Arias, Arias uh, thing where her um, Cellmate. cellmates were coming out. Um, and, and telling these stories, how Jody manipulated them. Shocker. Yeah. You know, and the whole fact that she had everybody going in the prison, yeah. you know, shocker, yeah. you know, she's a manipulative monster, yes. you know, and, and, and basically they were talking about all this stuff they were doing with her, communicating with yeah. her communicating and how she's for her. running her yeah. social media site from prison because she's doing these three phone calls a day. Yeah. She's writing all these postcards and letters with specific instructions on how to, to harass to, yep. the family members and all that stuff. So that went through the prison. So that's where I'll get mad at the prison system. Yeah. How the hell does a postcard with all of or that. a letter with yeah. all that shit? 
get they out read there. It. Yeah. You know, well, do they read it? The answer is no, because someone's on the take in there, you know, and and that's where I have friends that are in the prison system <laughs> on the working end, not yeah. in and as a resident, yes. you know, but they'll say, yeah, it's all of this training to show how you can get compromised. And that's what they do. They compromise them. Yeah. You know, and people have to understand that. It's not that just prison guards and these prison workers are corrupted people and they're bad. What happens is, is these pres- these these criminals, they yeah. know how to get people into a position of blackmail. You know, they're mm-hmm. using that to yeah. leverage. and They're fairly charismatic. Well, Those yeah, that it's are not in even their... just charismatic. They'll just catch you with something. And then once yeah. they have it, then they're like, yeah, you've been working here. You've got all this retirement saved up. You've been working for 20 yeah. years and you got 10 more years to yeah. go. And I got this on you because you did X. Yeah. And, and now the prison guards compromised. And there's no system in the prison system to help the prison guard. It's right. all for the yes. prisoner. Yeah. The prisoner is the, you know, the victim and all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, because of the, you know, the shit through here. And, and yeah, so there's these multiple layers of things that are broken. And, uh, yeah, I think it's something they need to work up on, but also there's some shit they got to get fucking brutal with. Cause like I said, you got this chick fucking sending letters out. They all yeah. do this. Yeah. And, uh, I couldn't even imagine being the family of a victim. Imagine this. Imagine being a family of a victim and the person who killed your family member is got people harassing you. Yeah. Yeah. That's got people on the outside harassing you on social media or even in person. Like that's just I, I, I can't even believe that's a scenario. I can believe that's a scenario you're put in, but I just can't even believe like how that would feel. Mm-hmm. You know, and just the sense of helplessness that you'd have on that to where you couldn't do anything. Well, let's dive into our episode here. Let's do it. <sighs> Inmates at a southern Arizona prison threw rocks, set fire to mattresses, mm-hmm. and attacked guards Thursday, March 1st, 2018. The Arizona Department of Corrections released a statement late Thursday saying the prison complex in Yuma is under lockdown after tactical teams brought the disturbance under control. Yuma's near the border with Mexico and about 180 miles southwest from Pahonix yeah. or Phoenix. <laughs> Andrew Wilder, the director of communications for the Department of Corrections, says about 600 inmates were involved in the disturbance, which lasted nearly two hours. He says they are now contained and will remain on the fenced uh, recreation yard through the night. The department says it will seek additional criminal charges for any inmates involved in violent activity, and Wilder says all employees are accounted for. One Arizona prison inmate was killed. 26 inmates and 11 prison employees were injured during the riot at a medium security prison in Yuma. Inmates in the Cheyenne unit of the Arizona State Prison Complex, Yuma, attacked prison personnel, set fires through rocks, in an incident that began at 6.18 p.m., according to statements issued by the Arizona Department of Corrections. About 600 of the prison's 1,147 inmates took part. Adam Coppa, 32, who was serving a three-year sentence out of Maricopa County for a drug violation, was the inmate that was killed. Coppa had served prior prison sentences for attempted armed robbery, aggravated assault, and possession of prison contraband. 
And the department at the time, like within a day or two, did not say how Kappa died. Spoilers. I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. 26 other inmates were taken to hospitals with non-life-threatening injuries. 15 had been returned to the prison by early afternoon Friday. So generally, not even 24 hours later, they're back. All but one of the 11 prison employees taken to the hospital for treatment of injuries have been released. And tactical units from Yuma, as well as from the Lewis and Tucson State Prison Complexes, were brought in to quell the riot, according to the department. And they had the disturbance contained by 9 p.m. According to a prepared statement, quote, The department is thoroughly investigating all facets of the disturbance, including possible motivation of the inmates. ADC will seek additional criminal charges for any inmates involved in violent mm -hmm. activity, end quote. A corrections department website showed that over the course of four prison sentences, COPPA had a long disciplinary record, including disorderly conduct, fighting and assault. Court records show a history of mental illness and substance abuse. In February 2016, COPPA was homeless, living sporadically at motels along Interstate 17 in Phoenix when he was arrested after an altercation at one such motel, according to court documents. The clerk on duty said Kappa punched him in the face and tried to grab money out of the motel cash register, court documents show. He was chased down and a stun gun was deployed by security guards. Police found him to be in possession of methamphetamine and a hypodermic needle. The record in that case shows he underwent no fewer than three evaluations to determine if he was mentally competent to stand trial. Ultimately, he pled guilty to drug charges and was, and was sentenced to three years in prison. And he was scheduled for release in September. Mm -hmm. So he was literally months from getting out. Yeah. March 6th, 2018. Preliminary autopsy, autopsy results show an inmate killed during a riot at a southern Arizona prison died from a gunshot wound, authorities said Monday. Arizona Department of Corrections officials released more details on Thursday night's melee at the state prison complex, Yuma, in San Luis, San Luis, about 200 miles or 321 kilometers southwest of Phoenix, that left 28 other inmates and 11 prison employees with minor or non-life-threatening injuries. And they said the death of Adam J. Coppa remains under investigation. According to online prison records... We got that he was sentenced to three years in 2017 for possession of dangerous drugs and assault. But because of credit for time served, he was scheduled to be released in September. And his records show Kappa had two disciplinary infractions in the last two months. He refused a prison job assignment and was suspected of possessing or manufacturing an intoxicating substance. Weird that a drug addict would make drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So corrections officials said the disturbance involving 600 inmates began shortly after 6, was all under control by 9, but it started in the Cheyenne unit with an inmate being escorted across the, re uh, the recreation yard who appeared to be under the influence. So they're taking this inmate. Yeah, they said he was yelling and he smelled of alcohol. The inmate, whose identity has not been released, attempted to assault the escorting officers and then ran away from them, according to prison officials who said the officers pursued him on the yard 
And that's what resulted in other officers being attacked. Most of the inmates of the medium security prison were outside on the yard at that time. Mm -hmm. During the riot, some inmates threw rocks, lit mattresses on fire. Some broke into the prison's health care unit. The damage, including... Are included broken windows, sinks, toilets, fire alarms, TVs and floodings. And yep. All that stuff, yeah. The initial damage estimate is about $475,000, and repairs are being made. Corrections. See, now, that's where this is where I'm going to start drawing the line on shit with prisons. If you fuck up all that shit, you don't get it back. Yeah. You know, and you got to prove, you know, and again, this was, you know, well, they were messing with the, you know, it's the brewing and brewing yeah. of things. So I get where prisoners are upset with things, but this gets back to the whole statement. If you don't break the law, the chances of you being in prison are very small. Yeah. Very small. Yeah. And this is like the whole, you know. If you mind your business. Oh, I might not win any favorites on this and really yeah. don't fucking care. Yeah. But the whole Black Lives Matter bit, mm-hmm. you know, with the cops and defund the police. Yeah. If you don't run from the cops and you comply, yes. it's really a pretty effortless uh, alter y- interaction. Yes. It's not yes. even an altercation. It's an interaction, you know. Yes. And, if and, they tell you to do something and yeah. you don't do it, that's considered resisting it's arrest. Ca- it's resisting arrest. It's that simple. Even if you aren't acting aggressively, but if they tell you to do something like stop, turn yeah. around, put your hands behind your back. Oh, you mean instead of run? And you just look at them yeah. and you start walking toward them yeah. or yeah. just start talking just, to them. That's not what they told but you to do. But there's this verbal facade that's gone around that cops just go around and shoot people. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if you think that's true, research the stats and come yeah. back to me, you know, because you haven't researched the stats. If you research the stats, you'd find out that there's not a whole lot of deaths from police officers. And I'm going to give you the reason why. You ready? It's going to sound terrible. It's going to sound awful, but it's the truth. Paperwork. Yeah. The amount of fucking paperwork they got to do to fire their sidearm is insane. Mm -hmm. And it's not even just the paperwork. They have to do the paperwork. Then they have to uh, be debriefed. Then they have to... Go they on mandatory through, suspension, and then yeah. they have to go through this therapy whole therapy and all that thing stuff you to know. be deemed okay. Yeah, to suitable go back to out. go back yep. out on on the beat yeah. or it's whatever. It's not just no. It's not like they just plug one in a guy and they say high oh, five and go fill, back. Fill it out yeah. here, you know, James. You know, and and he signs his name, and you know, and then just moves on in life. It's it's not like that. Yeah, and and I think you have a lot of people that are just misled in general now, but especially around this, you have a lot of people that are misled with that. Yes. And, and now the fact is with this, with prisons, the prisoners are running the prisons. Yes. I, whether people want to hear that or not, it just, the fact is they're running the prisons, Mm -hmm. you know, you, this whole situation with the riot in Yuma, and it's the same with every single riot. They all have this thread in, in, in basically, um, in common is you'll hear inmates say, yeah, I took part in the riot, but I, I just, I didn't have a choice. I had to participate because if I hadn't and was confronted about it, I would have had a green light on myself. Yep. And for those of you who don't understand a green light, a green light is basically, you make yourself a target. You make yourself a target. You're going to get beat up or get killed, killed. Yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and, 
And I find that funny because prisoners will beat up and kill prisoners like nobody's business. They'll do it all the time. Yeah. They do it to create the hierarchy of it. But the moment a guard touches someone, yep. all of a sudden it's a big shit storm. Yep. It's like, well, where's the shit storm for the new guy that came in yeah. and you've got all and this- And he got shivved and he's dead. Or just getting beat up yeah. or, or fucked in the fucking laundry room when yeah. nobody's looking or, or stuff like that. Whatever, I mean, yeah. Where's the help for this guy? Mm-hmm. Where's the outrage on that? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the argument you have with these people that are just, you know, oh, it's the guards, it's the guards, it's the guards. It's like, no, this is a room full of fucking criminals, of fucking criminals and animals. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just there's no these other. These are not the best and the brightest no. of the population. No, and that's where I got to laugh when the quote unquote self-prescribed best and the brightest I said self-prescribed, you know, think there's some sort of logic in here. It's like, that's your problem. You're trying to put logic into something completely illogical here. Yeah. There's no logic you know, there, there. there's no, no logic at all. The rules are not. A lot of not... those people cannot be rehabilitated. No, no. I, you know, they're beyond saving. Yeah. So what do you do? But even if you're going to rehabilitate them, you don't do it this way. Yeah. You know, you you got to do this kind of slow build thing and mm-hmm. make them earn it. Yeah. And also make them realize that they can lose it at any time, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. If if they knew. You know, think about this just for a moment. If you're in prison and you know that you can destroy that whole fucking place, the shops, yeah, the the TVs, the the libraries, you can burn it all to the ground, and you know in a year it's all going to come back. Yeah. What's the big deal? Yeah, you're not paying for it. Are you going to get put in a solitary? You're going to get into this? Yeah, maybe, but you're in fucking prison. Yeah, that's the way it is, anyways. You know, so there's no risk. To lose anything no. if you're just going to hand it to them all yeah. the time. They're just going to get you know. it back. No, exactly. So why, you know, because I think if- Why reward bad behavior? <laughs> yeah, but you're if- You're just reinforcing their <laughs> negative tendencies. Yeah, but the fact is, is if there was a risk that they would lose all that stuff- yeah. They might mind they mind their business. No, they would protest differently. Yes. Is what I'm getting at. Because yeah. I'm not saying there wasn't a need for a protest here. Yeah, I have. Maybe, yeah, you know, there there was a need of a protest of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now, the argument's going to be, is somebody's going to be like, Frank, they tried every other way. It didn't work, you know? And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay. I'm sure the prisoners used multiple options to figure out how to protest. I think yeah, they asked. Sure. I yes. think they asked first. Ass didn't get anything. Then they demanded. Mm-hmm. Demanded didn't get anything. So now we're going to burn the whole fucking yeah. place down. And that's, you know. Corrections officials transferred 44 inmates. That's rant number three. Yep. (laughs) Sunday from Cheyenne to the maximum custody Iman complex in Florence. Additional inmates have been placed in detention units pending pending criminal investigations. And the prison has has resumed normal operations at its other four units that had been locked down following the riot. So, the Arizona Department of Corrections conducted an investigation mm-hmm. and I happen to have their findings. Mm. Memo. Unfair treatment, disrespect, triggered prison riot. Yuma, Sunday 4th, Sunday, May 4th, uh, 2018, uh, by Mara Knob. Several factors led to the March 1 riot at the state prison near San Luis, Arizona according to the final reports released by the ADC. 
on Wednesday. Some of the factors, such as perceived unfair treatment and disrespect by staff, built up over time until the inmates took an opportunity to vent their frustrations, which resulted in violence and the death of one inmate. The Disturbance Assessment Report and Operational Review Report contains the final findings following the investigation of the disturbance at the Arizona State Prison Complex, Yuma's Medium Custody Cheyenne Unit. A memorandum to ADC Director Charles Ryan from the agency's Southern Region Operations Director Joe Profiri addresses some of the factors leading to the riot. For this disturbance, there is no single identifiable cause, but a series of contributing factors, Profiri said. The riot was not premeditated, but rather a spontaneous event due to perceived unnecessary or excessive use of force by security personnel against an inmate, end quote. The memo notes that the factors which most contributed to this disturbance existed for some time. Those factors include Excessive administrative sanctions, impacting visitation privileges without due process, excessive lockdowns and yard closures impacting entire segments of the population as a tactic to mitigate the manufacturing and possession of prison-made alcohol, and a perception by inmates of being disrespected by staff. I'm going to hard stop for a second. Mm -hmm. You're in fucking prison. Yeah. You've already made a series of bad decisions. Yeah. Nobody is going to bend over backward for you. Nobody is going to roll out the red carpet. Nobody's going to hand you a manual that says, this is how you be good. Mm -hmm. Because you already had that in school. Yeah. Or you should have had you attended. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bet a lot of them didn't or attended to a point. The whole point is if you are a good person... You follow the rules. That's supposed to. That's supposed to be enough. That's supposed to be enough. But you just said be... a landmine of a statement there. That's all you got to do is just follow the rules. Mm-hmm. There's people that just refuse to follow the rules. They just and this is what people have to wrap their head around is that there's just people that just refuse it. Yep. And they hate authority. They hate rules yeah being told what to do but the fact of the matter is is you know you can say that and it doesn't really have a bigger price to it but the moment you start doing that that's when it becomes a price you know if if you beat up someone you got to pay for that somehow yeah you know and 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 then also what you got to do is earn the trust and respect back of people and i i just that's stuff that's always gotten under my freaking skin as people say, oh, they served their time. They should be, um, you know, they should just be welcomed right back into society and all that. It's like, no, you still got to prove yourself. Yeah. You know, you still got to. Yeah. You Especially st- when there's a very large chance that yeah. many are going to reoffend and end up back in there again. Yeah. And, and you know, this gets back to as well as people that just. They don't know any better. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're young and you're in this system, man, it's hard to get out. It's so hard mm-hmm. to get out. If you're in a, a rough neighborhood, like especially in an inner city, and you haven't left anywhere, you don't know of anything else. Like right. this whole lifestyle, that's all you know. That's your tool chest is intimidation. It's, you know, 
being aggressive mm -hmm. and, and, you know, all of these traits that don't really work anywhere else, yeah. you know, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's a different topic on, on why places are like that. But the problem is, is you get somebody that that's all they know. It's a hard thing to crawl out of, you know, it's like trying to tell somebody not to be depressed anymore. If you've been depressed for a long time, yeah. that's all, you know, mm -hmm. and granted at the end of the day, you're the only one that's going to have to crawl out of that. Right. You got to figure out, um, get some help if you can. But it's the same thing with this. It's like, I, I feel bad for, I really feel bad for the like young criminal because like there is no help. No one really cares. No one does. No. I don't care which Democratic Party you're from or, yeah. you know, like which which party, whether you're Democrat, Republican, independent, green, socialist, yeah. communist, whatever. I, I don't care. The fact is, is nobody cares about these people. No. At all. No. You know, they'll care to, you know, get a spot on a political seat. Yeah. And they'll, you know, take a quick tour and, you know, oh, I'm going to do something about this. Yeah. But they you know what? Do. The south side of Chicago has been crap ever since my dad lived there and he's in his late 70s. Yeah. And it's the same. Mm -hmm. It's not worse. It's not better. It's it's just the same. It's never changed. In the 70 years that he's been, well, technically 60, yeah. 60, you know, 55, years. 60 years he's been away from there. And so now you got to ask that question. Why hasn't it changed? You know, and I'm asking that question in a kind of ridiculous manner because it's not hard to find out. You dig yeah. into it a little bit and it's right there in front of you if you want to look at it. But yeah, the whole rehabilitation thing, whatever they've been trying to do fucking sucks. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, and you're just going to keep getting these. Right. That's all, you, you know. So they defined what the administrative breakdown is. Yeah. It's a gem. Sometimes I stumble upon things and I'm like, Ooh, ooh, I like it this. I like it this a lot. Yeah. The memo notes that the Cheyenne unit disturbance is a prime example of a violent protest by the inmate population against the administration due to an eroded relationship between the two. That's a word salad. Yeah. The relationship breakdown caused the inmate population to revolt against what they viewed as oppressive custodial operations and discipline. The memo says the breakdown is the direct result of a pattern of behavior by the unit's deputy warden, Gerardo Zaragoza, whom Profiri says, quote, failed to effectively engage and interact in a manner that legitimized his position to create a sense of institutional structural stability among staff and inmates, unquote. Zaragoza, who, has, who had been employed with ADC, since 1998, did not effectively communicate with his staff or inmates. He conducted inadequate tours that did little to address the concerns of both staff and inmates. The memo notes, examples. The report cites his inaction with concerns expressed by staff over the integrated house process and by inmates regarding excessive lockdowns over a prison-made alcohol. He acknowledged being aware of these concerns, but failed to take any action to alleviate or temper them. Quote, the routine and excessive locking down of yards by line officers as a mitigation protocol to prison made alcohol 
never should have been allowed by Deputy Warden Zaragoza, end quote, Profiri, or Profiri wrote in the report. Quote, the inmates' uncertainty of staff behavior in this regard when unchecked by D.W. Zaragoza, which, from the inmates' perspective, degraded institutional legitimacy in prison operations. As a result, what seemingly was a small incident, the use of force involving an inmate, triggered a disproportionate response from the inmate population, which expressed a collective unwillingness to accept their conditions of confinement. End quote. The memo also reports that Warden Carla Hacker Agnew, employed with ADC since January 1999, should have recognized the myriad of administrative and institutional failures that set the stage for this disturbance. So essentially, they're saying the two top people in charge failed, failed miserably, and this was the result. And I disagree with that. I'm not saying they didn't fail, but you mean to tell me that there's no overarching body that checks these prisons out, that never checks, you know, like, it's just these two people, and that's it, the buck stops there. So there's no, how do these prisons get money? They get federal money, right? They get or they're state privately money. held, and the ones that are privately held, no, and that's they're what I'm coming saying. in to check on their... And, and they're yeah. privately held, yeah. but does the private company get any kind of federal money or anything like that? This is the stuff that people have to look into on these things. They can't just make a snap decision on how it's one person's fault or whatever. Yeah. And, and this gets into the heart of the matter of who cares about these. So now let's get back to the privately held prison for a moment. If you think that's terrible... Why is it private? You know why it's private? Because you don't want to pay the taxes to have exactly. the prison that you're asking yeah. for. Yeah. That's it. It's that simple. You know, and, and that's how you get private prisons. Yep. And private prisons are gonna run on a whole different kind of mechanism yeah. than that what you're wishing for. Mm-hmm. Because they need to make money. Yeah. That's how it works with private. You yeah. don't get any public money. No. It's that simple. Yep. So how do you make money in a prison? And how do you stretch your that's money? That's labor. Yep. Labor and the kindness of people. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the kindness of people for a second. I'd love to see a show of hands of the people that have donated the prisons. Yeah, I could count them on Dean's paw. (laughs) And it just... uh, He just looked at me like, nobody's touching my paws. No, but this is where you really start diving into the mess of the prison system. And nobody wants to dive into it. They just want to do all of the virtue signaling. And, And the response was... Now they're privatized. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're no, supposed to but cure they, everything. No, but anybody yeah. can go out, any uh, music artist, any movie star, any person that you know can do all the virtue signaling in the world saying, well, there needs to be something better about that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, but they don't do anything. No. You know, I mean, that's where I'll actually give Ice Cube some credit. He talked to the presidents. Yeah. You know, well, he tried to talk to one, shall remain nameless. Right. But yes. but the fact is, is one president talked to him and they had a discussion and at least started a dialogue right, yeah. about it. You know, then there was another president who just didn't want to, the administration didn't want to talk to him at all, had yeah. no interest in yep. it with him, you know, and you'd be surprised which one did and which one didn't. The memo notes that Warden Hacker Agnew was likely aware of the shortcomings of Zaragoza. Quote, Warden Hacker Agnew would have been better served to hold D.W. Zaragoza accountable to the expected standards and performance commensurate with his position. Hacker Agnew was reprimanded and given an eight-hour suspension. However, the memo also praised Hacker Agnew's dedication to her institution and her prioritization of public service. Quote, 
Her leadership resulted in the quick repair and remediation of a unit that had suffered catastrophic damage. She never shirked her responsibility and faced every challenge, no matter how daunting, head-on, and with a positive attitude, and she modeled quality leadership behavior in the face of great adversity. End quote. So let's break down the inmates feeling disrespected. Yeah, yeah. You know I love feelies and believings. Well, I have a handwritten letter here that was... Uh... Okay. Well, let me... I'll do mine, and then you can... Yeah. My baby, she read me my letter. <laughs> no, that's fine. The relationship between staff and inmates, quote, cannot be underestimated as contributory factors, end quote, to this instant incident, the memo says. Quote, it is imperative that assigned personnel maintain respectful relationships with the inmate population and engage them with fairness and judicious use of power and authority. This, coupled with the exercise of good judgment, has a profound impact on a unit's orderly operation and institutional legitimacy, Profiri wrote. Specifically, as it relates to this riot, the memo pointed to excessive and unscheduled yard closures that, quote, did not exhibit good judgment, nor did it demonstrate proper utilization of authority, further eroding stability in the relationship between staff and inmates. In addition, the memo says, the staff and inmate population had a relationship of apathy and indifference. Inmates reported that many staff members were disrespectful or unprofessional toward them. <laughs> okay. Quote, of significant concern, Profiri said, was the criminal behavior by some staff after the riot. Specifically, six correctional officers reportedly intentionally destroyed the personal property of inmates. Quote, these criminal acts demonstrate with absolute clarity the negative staff culture at this institution, the poor regard some staff have for the inmates, the lack of professionalism and personal accountability in some of the workforce. Staff did not exercise their authority professionally or with confidence or care to create healthy environments and positive relationships with the inmate population, end quote. All six officers were fired or resigned in mm -hmm. lieu of termination, and prosecution is being pursued against all six officers for criminal conduct. Quote, this culture is likely a manifestation of the staff feeling undersupported by facility administrators, resulting in an overassertion of their power in an effort to achieve or maintain institutional order and legitimize their authority. Essentially, they're just trying to keep the shit running. Yeah. The memo says. Yep. Profiteri concluded his uh, memo by noting that the inmates at the Cheyenne unit were dissatisfied with their conditions of confinement. Thus, they rebelled through this disturbance. Quote, my experience informs me that inmates feuding with one another will take the opportunity in situations like this mm -hmm. to destroy one another's property, living space, or to attack one another. However, this did not occur here, he wrote. Rather, the violence and destruction were directed against prison personnel, common items in areas, and security devices, which strongly suggests that this disturbance was much more likely a violent protest against the prison system, prison personnel, and or conditions of confinement than a violent airing of disputes among the inmate population. Holy freak. 
fucking shit. Mm-hmm. That's a whole lot of world I was word say, salad. Which, yeah, it's it's all all word salads at that point. It's like, you know. dude. Yeah, it's. <sighs> I get. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You don't just give someone respect. They have to earn it. Yeah. So, hold on. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. One of the very first things you learn in school is treat others how you would like to be treated. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember that from kindergarten. And that one message was repeated in each successive year. Yeah. It's like they're driving a point home. So if an inmate comes in with their shitty-ass attitude, why should the correction officer treat them other than Just reciprocate. Yeah. Yeah. I would give it right back. Yeah. No, and you can't do that. No. That's the problem. No. No, you have to elevate that person with yeah. their shitty ass attitude, mm-hmm. you have to elevate them to a higher standard. How the fuck do you do that? No, so you have to tell them you respect them and you have to, you know, show them and all that. And then that's supposed to make them, this is the argument. So you, you're you supposed to take the higher ground. Yeah. You're supposed to, yeah. you know, treat them with respect and mm-hmm. all that. Because just doing that will elevate them to respect you because they'll feel respected. You have to do it first. Right. You know, that's that's the, um, you know, the basically the Reader's Digest version of the whole word. And that's going to prevent them from you know. making. Well, no. And, and, and prison I think, hooch in their toilet. No. And I think that's what people have to understand is, is that doesn't work. Right. It's it's proven. Yes. You know, this isn't the 60s anymore. No. This isn't the 70s anymore. No. This isn't the 80s anymore. No. This isn't the 90s, 90s anymore. anymore. No, I'm doing this to prove a point. Yeah. This isn't the 2000s anymore. It's 20. It's not 2010 either. Yeah. It's 2023. Yeah. This has been well over 60 years of talking about hugging a prisoner yeah. and hugging a kid and just telling them they're intelligent, smart, and mm. beautiful. And it doesn't fucking work. It doesn't. I'm sorry. You know, and if you're a young person and you don't believe it, no, it's it's been 60, 80 years of this, you know, or at least 60 years, you know, 60 yeah. years of this attitude, you know, and and it just doesn't work. It mm-hmm. it never worked. But it's a tagline. And yeah. it is. It's the yeah. virtue signaling yeah. thing. And You know, you get someone that comes in and they demand respect. It's like, yeah, show me. You show me respect. Yeah. You know, you show me respect and we're going to be all good. Because, like, yeah, my letter here. (laughs) So this letter was uh, um, basically, it's a handwritten one right there. Oh, okay. You know, due process violation, basic necessities. March 1st to March 5th. Okay. The whole kind of leading up and all that. First bullet point. Unable to shower from March 1st to March 5th. It's not even a week. Mm -hmm. It's fucking four days. Mm -hmm. And you're, and that's your, that's your number one bullet point of complaints. Okay. Now, mind you, areas were flooded. Yeah. Because this happened on March 1st, 2018. So this is post 
riot. They're saying, I can't shower. Yeah. No. And and that's, you know, civil, civil rights complaint. Yep. And this is my problem with civil rights. Yeah. You know, I, this isn't a right to shower. Mm-hmm. That's not a right, mm-hmm. you know, and especially in a bad situation. But you mean to tell me if this motherfucker went camping for seven days yeah. and didn't shower, he'd be fucking thr- that would be number one on his bullet well no you of- think he'd be throwing a big deal yeah. about it no you know and so uh the next bullet point wash hands with soap after restroom and before eating not able to do that you know um extreme climate conditions no jackets sweaters beanies blankets you know you're in prison yeah and you just fucked the place you up. destroyed half of yeah it. you know uh change of undergarments now, again, this short amount yep. of time, change of undergarments. It's like, okay, you know, I've worn the same clothes for fucking four days before, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not even in prison, you know. And you lived. That's my choice. And yeah, I lived. Yeah. Um, everybody, you didn't kill anybody. Everybody around me was- You didn't steal any underwear. Everybody around me didn't seem to care, you know. No. Things were fine. Yep. Um, no bed. Well, they set the mattresses on fire. No, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just, and no, but this is where I got to laugh with the priorities of it. And this is where you're dealing with somebody that's trying to run a game on you that I'm sorry. Wouldn't you put bed just, first? No. Here's the last bullet point. Access to water. You'd think that would have been the first bullet point on the list. Now, the worst part is, is probably an attorney grabbed this, you know, yeah, some public defender. Yeah. Oh, I you know, can, I can do something with this. Oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, this will get me ahead in my my cocktail hours with my elitist friends. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like no, you know, maybe you might want to put access to water on one, one instead yeah. of unable to shower. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it just uh, so disciplinary proceedings. All inmates were dropped down to phase ones, unable to access telephones until three nineteen. 20 days. Oh, the horror that you couldn't access a phone. The fuck you need a phone for, dude? You know, I mean, I just... And don't act like you don't already have one in your... Yeah, you don't have a cell phone. Yeah. You know... That every nobody's supposed to have, yeah. but everybody has. The ones that everybody's yeah. ordering drugs yeah. through and all yeah. that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unable to attend work. Loss of job until 317. Well, maybe you shouldn't have fucked shit up. Well, yeah, but the fact is, is like all of this stuff that you complained about was because of the riot. Yeah. These are the complaints. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and there's more. Unable to order commissary until 325. <laughs> all the inmates that officers felt were involved in the riot were taken off the yard, but the remaining inmates were still punished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. It's called a disciplinary yeah. action. There was a riot, dude. Yeah. And I then, don't know if you know this, yeah. but, you know, people don't generally and then respond of course, well to that. And then, of course, the coup de grace is the last piece. Excessive force by an off- officer. Abuse of authority. Pushing inmates face first down on the ground. Uh, zip tied, you know, zip hog tied. Zip tied extremely tight. Bloody wrists. Dirt naps for talking. Uh Dogs in face, boots on backs, gripping arms tightly, threatening and uh, intimidating with shotguns. And then there was some more down here, but it's cut off, you know. 
They and had I to just, bring it under control. What did you yeah, think they were going to do? No, Be like, hey, guys, no, so can this you is, stop? Here's what's going to happen with the prison system because everything's s- cyclical. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So right now we're in this point and we've been in this point for the last like 10 years, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years where prisons, you know, and people are growing up now and they're only growing up in what's known as the private owned prison system structure. Yes. Yes. Okay. New shocker, that's not new. No. Um, the original prisons were privately owned because there was no government, okay? <laughs> and government was very, very little. Now, there was military prisons mm-hmm. and things like that, but no, prisons were pretty freaking private. So now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be Notre Dame here because I'm not Notre Dame. I'm cheating. I'm going off of what history's done already. But it's going to feel like Notre Dame is. Everybody's going to start complaining now that these pri- these private places are, are are too terrible. Yeah. You know, and they're too the harsh. The conditions are too the harsh. The conditions are too terrible. We need to get the state back in this. We need to get the government involved in this. So you're going to get- they do such a great well, no, job. Well, no, you're going to get politicians. They're going to come up and they're going to say, I'm going to do prison reform. I'm going to do that. Because this is what they did in the 60s and down through there. I'm going to do prison reform. Yep. There's people that are sick here. They need help. Yep. So now what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to have these prisons, but they're also they're I'm telling you right now, sanitariums are going to come back. You watch. I give it ten years, ten to fifteen years, and poli- politicians are going to start. Well, you got to get all those people off the streets. Yeah, because that's the problem now. Yep. You've defunded the police, and now no one wants to be a cop. So now these cities. And and high, um, high crime areas. areas, you know, which are generally most in population. Mm-hmm. So these higher population places are starting to become criminal breeding grounds yeah. because there's no law and order there yeah. because no one wants to be a cop because heaven forbid anything you do as a cop, you're fucked. Right. Yeah. You know, and so so everybody's going to say, I don't want to be a cop anymore. Mm-hmm. So now. What's going to happen, it's happening now. There's crime all over the place. It's growing and growing and growing and growing. And it's going to get to a point where people are going to say, I can't take this anymore. I need law and order. I don't care how I get it. Just arrest them. Fix this problem. So what they're going to do is they're going to do all these arrests and they're going to say, hey, you know, um, let's get them in. And then they're going to get into the private prisons and the private prisons aren't going to be able to handle that whole influx. So then they're going to need help and and it's going to be driven from the public person running for office saying, I'm for prison reform. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do prison reform. They're not going to tell you how they do it because that's not what politicians no, do. No. Politicians they just, just promise. stand up on a stage and they say, I'm going to I'm going to fix X, mm-hmm. but they never tell you how the fuck they're going to fix it. But what they're going to do is these private Private places are going to say, well, all right, if you want to make this a mandate thing, then you got to give us some money for it. So now they slowly become government run. Yeah. So it's going to be a state, a government run slash private deal. They're going to get funding. Then the government's going to come up with all these fucking regulatory rules, all these things that they have to do on top of what's already on there now. Then it's going to be a point where they're going to say, I don't want to be a prisoner, prison guard anymore. I don't want to yeah. do any of this. So they're going to leave. And these prisons are going to get worse and worse. So yep. the government's going to say, oh, well, we'll take over them. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to get back to what it was before, where you're going to have 
these sanitariums. You're going to have these mental institutions. You're going to have these prisons because they're going to try to separate yeah. everything out because that's what the government does. They separate you all out. And and everybody's going to say, oh, it's for the good thing, you know, and they're going to ha- and there's going to be these doctors. It's going to create this whole institution, mm-hmm. which was already created in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now you're going to have these mental institutions. You're going to have sanitariums. You're going to have a prison and they're going to be. F- but they're going to do them so much. No, better. but they're going to be fully government run yep. with angel investors on top that are putting money in there because they want political points and want to be in the political system. And then you're going to find out 20, 30 years from there that they're doing terrible things to these people, yeah. you know, and it's just going to be that same <laughs> circle over yeah. and over and over again. Lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah. And the, Unless you don't have soap, then yeah. you can't lather. Yeah. And, and if you don't have water, you can't rinse. Yeah. So, so you can't do any of it. So I'm all about like the drug offender not mm-hmm. being in a prison. Yeah. That I'm all about. You know, yeah. get that person in some sort of rehab program. Yeah. But all these people that have been talking about new ways to do the police since mm-hmm. the, the Floyd riots yeah. and all that, where are they? Yeah. Where are these new things? You know, Minneapolis I, went so far as to refund their police. Yeah, because they got a crime problem. Yeah. You know, and I mean, this is where, you know, people really have to start looking at just. If the, you want to increase. The police procedures, it requires training. Training requires money, which means instead of defunding, you should be up funding your police. You should be giving them more money, which gives them more chances for more training. Mm -hmm. And it would actually probably help in the long run. You know, think of think of the cold cases. This gives you an opportunity if you have more money. You can run more DNA tests. Well, no, you know, but, odds are something sitting there that could be run and could help solve a case. No, but I also got to laugh at that, too. It's like I don't mind the private person doing a, a, a cold case. And in my opinion, a cold case should only be done by a private citizen. I don't think there should be state or federal money going into a cold case. You've got too much real shit going on now. Yeah. Handle now. Yeah. Let fucking... Judy fucking Smith, who's retired yeah. or got fucking 20 hours a week to spare on her spare time yeah. to go and, you know, pull all the files, connect mm-hmm. all the dots. Let let Judy do it, mm-hmm. you know. But as far as the staff yeah. that tax dollars are paying for, no, you, you handle now. Yeah. Keep now under wraps, you know. But the George Floyd protests, they started in May of 2020. Mm-hmm. So that's three years ago. Yeah. And I... It's amazing because you can't hear one single success story of how the police institution has changed other than we need more money and we need more cops because cops don't want to work. That's the only thing that was accomplished out of that whole thing. All the money Mm -hmm. that got tossed around in there through Black Lives Matter, through Mm -hmm. all these defund the police movements and all that stuff. And remember when they first came out, they were virtue signaling like a motherfucker. Oh, we need counselors to come. Like, there shouldn't have been police that came to him. There should have been a counselor or something like that. And it's like, dude, that fucking size on on fentanyl? You know, really? What the fuck were you going to do? You know, and, and the fact is, is you haven't seen that counselor thing that they did. Because it was virtue signaling. 
That's all it was. Yeah. They never wanted a they fucking... They don't have enough social workers to deal with the cases they have now, yeah. the caseload they have now. You want them to go and respond to domestic disturbances? Yeah. You want them to go yeah, to the these first, places? The first call. Yeah. The first you call want, to show up. First on the, the scene. You want the people that they, they don't have enough of to begin with. Yeah. You want to send them? Yeah. But I just, like I said, there's no success story. There's none of that stuff. And I think, I think people are starting to smarten up with it now. Like- no, I think they're seeing the virtue signaling for where it is. You're going to have that percentage that just swells it up because they're part of it. Yeah. They're they're part of the virtue yeah. signaling. They want to feel can't admit they're wrong. You know, yeah. no, no, cuz to admit you're wrong means is a huge well no, it's a huge thing. <laughs> yeah. Like you're you're wrong on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What you thought were your core principles, your yeah. core things. It's a hard thing to do and yeah. I and I empathize for that and I really do feel love for that. I really truly do. But there comes a point where you just honestly have to just wake up yeah. and see it for yeah. what it and is. And if you can be wrong about one thing. Well, yeah, then you, you got to start questioning yeah. a ton of stuff. Yeah, you know, which and I don't think is a bad thing. No, it's not. You know, I just read a, a, a study that someone did. Uh, it was over 10 years. And they were talking about students in a school. They had three groups. They had a control group where it was just like normal stuff. You know, just whatever. Um, then they had one group that was praised by their intellect and then the other that was praised by their effort. Mm-hmm. So the praise by the intellect was like, say, um, you know, say you made a, a drawing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you, you know, hey, here's my drawing. This is what I made. it, And I, I would go, boy, Jen, you are a genius. You are so smart. I can't believe how that smart you came up with that. that you yeah. came up with that. And then the other group would be if you made this and handed it yep. to me and said, hey, Frank, look at my drawing, you know. And I'd say, you know, Jen, that was a really good effort. Mm-hmm. You really worked hard on it mm-hmm. and you really put like all of your creativity in it, you know, and it's all effort praise. You can see how much work you put yeah. into it. I'm going to just throw a crazy wild blind question at you which group did better the effort the the effort praise the praise on effort the praise on intellectualism and the pray the control group so i know it's a hard hard question i'm asking in my heart i want to say the control group <laughs> yeah yeah unfortunately no unfortunately, no but no. i'm so sure i'm sure but okay so, so taken, which which group benefited? The, which group benefited more effort. and grew more? Yes, the effort exactly. And if you want to, if you're sitting around now and you're asking what the hell is wrong with the world, it's right there. Yep, it's it's that fucking basic. Whether you're dealing with adults, mm-hmm. whether you're dealing with kids, whether you're dealing with prisoners, mm-hmm. whether you're dealing even with people that have troubles mm-hmm. in a mental capacity. It's effort yeah. because at the end of the day, if I just hand you intellectual praise, what the hell does that get you? Nothing. You know, except the fact that you feel you need intellectual praise now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a bad freaking road yeah. to go down. Well, now I'm a genius and everyone has to tell me I'm a genius. And if I don't hear I'm well, a no. genius. It's not just that you're a genius and everybody has to tell you you're a genius. Now, everything you say, everybody has to fucking take that. As, as it gospel. is, and yep. and you can't disagree with it. No, nope. you can't do any of that stuff. That's the slippery slope down that road. Yeah. Now effort is a whole different deal. Yeah. Effort 
doesn't it doesn't say you're a genius. It doesn't no. say anything. But what it says is is that your hard work created this. Right. So now the rest of it's up to you to figure out how to work harder. Yep. How to work smarter. Yep. How to that's on you. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge paradigm shift right there. Now the past, like the way you and I were growing up, and maybe a generation after us, that's it. Yeah. Like up to the nineties, that was all effort based praise. Yeah. Everything was effort based. Yeah. If you were lucky. Yeah. You know, I mean that just but yeah. But I, you know, I remember, and I tell this story all the time, I'd mow the lawn as a kid and I'd sit there and I'd wait for my dad to go home because that's all I wanted him to hear was say, good job, Frank. You did a really great job on the lawn. And he'd go over there and he'd be, you missed a spot over there. Yep. You missed a spot over here. Bring home your very first A. Yep. You know, bring home a 95 or higher. Yeah. And my father would be like, why isn't it 100? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Mm Mm-hmm. I worked really hard yeah. on this. No, and some some will I say was, I got the highest grade <laughs> no, in the class. Yeah, and he'd be like all six people. No, <laughs> he'd be like, well, I mean, you were two. He's like, that's what one question away yeah. from a hundred, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, fine. No, and 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 it can go a little aggressive in the other way, but mm-hmm. I think that's better. I really do. I think you know you want to bring up somebody that can handle the world. You know, and and instead of bending the world to your softness, yeah, why don't you firm up to the hard world? Yeah, it's just easier. Tell kids no. Let them be disappointed. Yeah, let them figure it out. They have to problem solve that. They have to be able to. They have to one, emotionally handle it. themselves. Yeah, they have to be able to handle being told no. Yeah, because nothing is going to be but handed to, to them. Soothe themselves. Yes. That's like that's, that's a huge. huge thing. Yes, to self soothe themselves. Yes. You know, it's yes. and, and that's not happening. No. And so all these problems expand in yeah. every single direction. And you're going to have more of this crap. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. Yeah. This isn't something you fix now. No. I hate to say it. It's broken now. Yeah. So now you got to look at these small kids and say, these are the ones we have to do this yeah. to. These are the ones that are going to fix this automatically yep. by being tougher, yep. being able to self-soothe. And being able to handle a crisis and not need to be told that they're smart, pretty, beautiful, and amazing all the fucking yeah. time. You know, I I just don't, you know, I don't see how much proof people need at this point. And this is where I think just people are stuck, you know, and, and they're stuck doing the same thing and the same thing over and over. And that's the same thing with prisons. You know, I think prisons should be a totally effort-based thing. A hundred percent effort. I think what you put into it. It's just like working out. I think they should keep score at sporting events. Yeah. Even for the little kids. Oh, you're Even talking for kids, the little little prisons. Okay. No. Uh, yeah. Keep score. Yeah. There should be a first, second, third place because the whole point. I don't know about you, yeah. but I know when I was a kid. My whole drive was I got to I got to do better. Like if I was third, well, mm-hmm. second's got to be achievable. And if you get to second, you're like, well, then I got to get to yeah. first. Like it was a big deal. It is a big deal. They <laughs> hand out. They don't give every person who tries out for the Olympics <laughs> a medal. Yeah. Yeah. They give the best of the best the medal. Yeah. 
There, and that that's podium what you is, should be encouraging your children that, to do. That podium to be the is best three, three people big. Of the be- you know, exactly. That's it. It's three people big, that podium. Yes. It, it always has been. It and, always will be. And it always will be. Yes. You know, because that's the real world. Yes. You know, I think there's a lot to be said, and this gets back to the self-soothing part mm-hmm. that children lack, but there, there needs to be a point where you realize that you're not going to be the best at something. Right. You need to go through yeah. that whole process. Yes. I'll give an example. There was this, uh, it was called a, like the Tanglewood Trot because I went to Tanglewood School. And of it was, course. It was the Tanglewood Trot. And, yep. and um, my buddy Jeff Lynch, really good runner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still runs. I haven't seen him in a long time. Mm-hmm. I see some things on Facebook. So yeah. if this gets back to you, Jeff. I hope you're doing great. Yeah. You know? um, but but he, he would win that all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was six laps around the school, Got and it. it was near um, like uh, the spring, um, so they had like a plowed oval around yep. there, and so that's what you would run. And it just happened to be the plowed oval that the maintenance people had with all that. Right. So the sixth grade teacher he started it, and he was a runner. That was Mr. Jenkins. Yep. And uh, he just would run all the time and uh, was really big about physical fitness and things like that. But he was just a regular sixth grade teacher. He wasn't like phys ed or anything. Yeah. And he would do this race. And I remember Jeff won and Pat and I were like, you know, we can't have Lynch win, you know. And um, and so this was uh, like fifth grade. We had one more grade left. and uh, And I remember like we'd work out after school you know, and this is what I'm getting at. Like, this is what competition brings. Yeah. This is what moms don't understand with boys. Yes. They really don't. Because my buddy Pat and I, we went running with this school teacher. He would do this run yep. anyways. And he's like, yeah, you guys can come with us. So we asked our parents, yep. did the whole thing. And we were doing sit-ups. We were doing push-ups. We were doing this whole thing. This is like a big workout deal yeah. and all that. Yeah. I put everything I had into that. Everything. And, uh, and it was to get the bragging rights to win. Right. And, and the whole fact, the whole terrible part was, is even through all that, I still couldn't win. Right. You know, and I remember just sitting there saying, I just put everything I had into Into that. that. Yeah. And I still couldn't win. Now, did I beat everyone else by a lot? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, but the fact is, is like, there was a wall there Mm -hmm. and it was just something that Jeff had that I didn't have, right? Whether it was the physical ability, mm-hmm. the tenacity, better lungs—I don't yeah. know. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there was, but there was just something he had, you know. And but I can't—and I can't remember how it worked. I don't know if Pat ended up getting him in like sixth grade or something like that. I—I I forget how it ends. I'll have to ask him about that, you know. Um, but, but yeah, that's healthy for a kid. But yeah. also, what you're missing on that whole thing, what I was getting at, is is. I did all of that extra stuff to pursue that. Right. And that made me different than a whole bunch of people that were just like, yeah, it's just a thing I do. Yeah. You know? Yep. So I learned, I learned in, in, in months, like we're running in the snow. This started yeah. in like January. Yeah. You know, and and I built up a routine. Mm-hmm. I built up this whole thing. I got in good shape. I loved running after that, even after like high school. I just yeah. loved running. I didn't do track. Mm-hmm. I played tennis and, you know, other sports. But the fact is, is like I even after that, like I liked running. I liked the routine and and that kept me sane. Like that kept me all this stuff. And I 
And I look back at that and I figure if they gave a prize out to anybody, I would have never done any of no. that stuff. Why would and you? I would have never have learned those life lessons. No. Yeah. I would have never have learned those things in my life as a fourth grader. Yeah. You know, a fourth or fifth grader. Mm-hmm. You learn that early yeah. with this stuff. And yeah. just to see it handed away. And just all of these missed opportunities where kids can find how deep the reservoir is, how deep the tank is, what they're capable of without the assistance of their parents, without the assistance of any of that stuff. You have to track the progress because then how are you going to know? If you're doing good. If if you've improved. Yeah. I remember that most improved player. Yeah. That yeah. meant something. Yeah. Yeah. That was someone recognizing the hard All work. All the hard and work you did. You yeah. put into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it and also I can't stress it enough. Even if you weren't the best. Yeah. To be recognized for putting in your effort is a big deal. Yeah. It's a really big deal. No, and because that's... you're like, okay, so maybe I didn't crack this nut. Mm-hmm. But there's something here. Yeah. I just yeah. got to find out what I have to apply that to. Yeah. I think the worst thing you can tell a young kid is that they're very, very smart or a genius. Like, I hear people say that, and I'm just like, oh, fucking A. You know, I'm like, you're just, you're you're killing me. You know, I, I just, it, that really, to me, is the worst thing. And it's everywhere. Yeah. It's all over the place. And, uh, and I just, yeah, I, I think... You know, it's like learning piano. You could dedicate your life to learning piano. And there is a better chance not than could be as good as Mozart. You have yeah. a 99% chance of not being Mozart. Yes. Even if you toss your whole life into yep. it and you toss everything yeah. into it, you have a 90 And I think that's what's wrong is people sit there. Dean cut one or was that you? No, it is not me, my friend. Oh, Okay. Uh, see, this is where video would yeah. be not good in your case. Look at him. Yeah, now he's going to get up and leave. Now he's, now he's offended. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he cropped us to the room. See you guys. Bye, guys. See ya. Hope you like my present. I like how it's over there and not here. But, yeah, it, it, that's... Bubbies. The, you loved your mom. You know, I think people just... I think that's why we're in this situation where we're at now. Yeah. It's literally that simple. Yeah. Just just help people out with effort. Yeah. Tell someone, yes. wow, you really put a lot of hard work into that. Well, is it nice? Well, yeah, it is nice. You made it, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, is, is, is it really good? You know, and be honest. I don't know. I'm not good at art. Yeah. I'm not good at this or that that's, or the other thing. You know, thing. you know, this part's good, you yeah. know, and, and just be critical of things because here's the thing. The world is critical. It's so fucking critical. There's a comedian, Dan Cummings, and he talks about his daughter, Monroe. Mm -hmm. And he goes, she's a really good artist. He goes, and I take credit for that. He goes, because when she was growing up, she, he goes, she's smart. She learned really quick. She could put in half-ass effort and get all kinds of praise. Mm Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah. So she handed me a picture, and I go, "Wow, Monroe, what what is what is this supposed to be?" And she goes, "It's a dog." And he goes, "There's a dog right there." Mm-hmm. He goes, "This 
does not look like that. Yeah. He goes, if that dog goes missing, guess who I'm not asking to make the, <laughs> For the reward posters? <laughs> he goes, and the, re- and the result was she worked a lot harder. Yes. 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 That's really all there is to it. Yes. You know, and, yep. and it just, uh, I think as an, as an observing person who does not have children and, and I observe the world a lot. That's you and I have that in common mm-hmm. where we could sit on a bench and just watch the world go by and, and, and perceive, you know, perceive through all that. But that's the thing I see is that parents want to be their kid's friend yeah, more than they want to be their parent. Yeah, That's the no. one thing I you see. You have to be a good parent. And here's the thing. You have the rest of their life to be friends. Yeah. You if only have no, but I'm just saying the friend will follow. No, but that's what I'm saying is is you those years one to twenty. Yeah. You need to be a fucking parent. Parent. Yeah. Period. Full stop. End of statement. You have the rest to to be a friend. Yeah. And you know, that's that's really I think all of that stuff, the effort based stuff, trying to be a friend. You know, or just be a parent. I I think it's basic stuff like that, and it's just lost. And then what happens is, is your kid gets into prison and thinks they need all the shit, and they, they deserve need to be it. Coddled in prison too. It's not the fact that they need it; it's the fact that they deserve. They think they, they deserve it. it, and they yeah. demand it. Yeah. That's that's the problem I have with it. And you know, until you fix these basic things, you're going to keep having these problems with prisons. It's really that fucking simple, you know. But. Here we are mm-hmm. at the end of things. Yeah. You know, we got to, I know, you know what? He's going to be all right. Okay. He's, he's going to be fine. After a bark, he can hang on for a bit before he has to go out and pee. So here we are. Yes. Next uh, episode in August. I love a BOGO. We got a BOGO. I love me a BOGO. It's been a while since a BOGO. I had to look it up and that was back in May. Yeah. We did a BOGO. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, a good one. So what do we got? What's the do, what's the do, what's the BOGO? So we're gonna do James Jameson uh-huh. from Jameson Whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. He's got an interesting little story. He does have an interesting story. So I think you're gonna do Jameson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tackle Paveglia Island in Italy. In Italy, yeah. And if you're like, huh? Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah. No, it's a nice little uh, double story. Yeah. Uh, really looking forward to uh, to cranking that one out. Yes. I already got some kind of... Uh, Stuffs. Yeah, just some mm-hmm. little kind of research done. And I'm a bit familiar with the story to begin with. You know, it's a weird story. You know, yeah. The Jameson one. I wasn't it's... aware of it until I heard it on another yeah. podcast. And then I was like, really? Yeah. And then I heard it on another one and I went, oh, Oh, this is a thing. Oh, yeah. No, but it's funny because there's people that like drink Jameson and all that and have and no, no idea. idea. <laughs> My whole fam damnly. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be very, very fun to talk yes. about. So uh, rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. No. Nope. Four. No blood rituals. Yeah, stay away from that. Five. No cults, yeah. satanic or otherwise. Yeah, we got a lot of episodes to... Prove that point. Only. Yeah. Couple seasons worth. <laughs> yeah. Six. <laughs> no apathy. Yeah. You need to act to help enact a positive 
change in this world. Yeah. Seven. Don't engage with the black-eyed children, people. People, beings. Aminals. Things, yeah. Doesn't really work Don't do out. it as bad. Yeah. We have an episode on that as well. Sure do. Mm-hmm. That's where the rule came from. Should I, like, start putting the rules or the, the episodes near the rules? The rules yeah, came maybe from? Maybe a little... Uh, Shameless uh, self-advertising, you know? Shameless plugs. Yeah, shameless plugs. And last but not least. Just listen. Yep, 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 yep. Which is what they do. We shouldn't have to tell our listeners to listen. But here's the thing. I think we need to fab that rule up a bit. I like just listen. Mm -hmm. Because, or maybe we should put actively listen like you mm-hmm. you have to actually hear what the person's saying there's yeah. a lot of times where people go uh-huh uh-huh yeah. uh-huh but you're I don't not know. listening i want to give our i, I still want to give our listeners a lot of credit i think our listeners listen maybe you know? yeah i think so i think we got some good peeps it's year three they're still trucking along with us i love this group i yes. really do i love yes. this a ton i brag about you all the time it's great. It is. Yeah. So with that being said, have a lovely day, a wonderful week. And decorate for Halloween. I mean, yeah. make good choices. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>